Welcome to episode two of the po- Charles Little podcast with Michael Lofton, and we're really excited to get things uh, rolling again this week uh, as we are trying to stay consistent on uh, providing some weekly content, and you'll be able to go back and uh, check our podcast from uh, the previous week. Uh, before, we'll have that up, up on the website, but um, as you will be listening to this, we are going to be starting on, this is, uh, you'll be hearing this on, this is dated back from a Thursday. Uh, being recorded Thursday afternoon before the NBA games get going back up tonight. And I know Charles will be, uh, be able to dive into that. But uh, without further ado, uh, Charles Little, what's going on, my man? man how we how we living out there today, Lofton, man? Yeah. Just just re- thank God the NBA is coming back. Uh, you know, we had this. We had, I've been getting all the Zion coverage, and I'm, and I'm and I'm dying. I can't wait to get some some real basketball back in my, <laughs> in my life today, dude. It's, we'll touch on the Zion situation a little bit later. A couple of things is just like social media, like people haven't seen a busted shoe before. It was crazy. Yeah, Jay, Jay Billis is killing me. It seems like every time you know Zion brushes his teeth or something, he's I've never seen anything like that before. Like, <laughs> like Jay Billis, you've been covering basketball for twenty years. Like you've seen all these things. Like I've seen at least. Five people in my life bust through their shoe. It's like it wasn't. It's not that crazy. Yeah, Jay. It's interesting of how they made the transition from Dickie V to the North Carolina Duke games. Like I think maybe his last one was when Austin Rivers hit that shot in the right wing. To because and then people were like, "Well, Jay's just a better analyst. We got to keep him." And like we also Dick. I mean, they were calling Dookie V because of uh, how biased he was. But it's interesting of. Man, Jay is like it's all changed because of Zion and ESPN on them. So, and it was, I can't wait for you to cover that. But in between that, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think about it until they said it last night. But they really miss Hubert. Hubert kind of balanced out the Duke bias they had on there. Oh, tremendously, tremendously, it, re- it really did. And uh, and it, but it's good for because but since Hubert's been on the bench with Roy, all they've done is gone to three, three two Final Fours. They've beaten Duke three out of the last four times. Man, I can't wait for us to actually dive into that a little bit later today. We can go all day about Carolina Duke, but I think most importantly, one of the folks want to get to you of uh, as the NBA ended our our first and uh, favorite love. Uh, we had two of the biggest uh, Dayton basketball games of the season back to back. Folks were saying that going into those games, and you can talk about your being in a stretch run like this, but if you won these two games. At home against v- VCU and at Davidson, definitely tall task. You're looking at being tied for first in the conference going into the end of February when people are trying to get their resumes together. And man, it's been interesting. So, I think we got to really uh, we got to go back on it. It was only five days ago, but Charles, you ever been in a situation where it was the biggest home game of the year and y'all didn't bring the energy for the four, at least the first full twenty minutes of? Things settling in. What were your thoughts on that from last Saturday? Um, my first thought was um, it's a it was a four o'clock game, and I don't remember mm. uh, us mm. playing a lot of four o'clock games this season. Um, people don't. I don't think a lot of people really you know take those things into account. If you haven't played at that time, it's kind of a weird time to play. I thought that kind of was one of the reasons uh, it contributed to the slow start. Is uh, I you know it takes time to, to, for your body to kind of get adjusted to that. I always. Um, personally hated playing um 12 o'clock games because i felt like my body didn't wake up to the second half because i wasn't used to playing but ba- you know you know when you're when you're in school and you're in a routine of things you're never actually playing basketball at noon and so usually you're getting ready for the day you're recovering for the day and so to play to play at 12 o'clock means you had to get up at seven for pregame you're you know you're doing you, instead of having two meals before before the game you're only having one 
a lot of it's 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 not it's a it's a thing that you know the the normal person might not think about but when you're actually like it's a change in your schedule that you're used to you know you're used to playing at seven o'clock or playing at eight you know those later times but when you have to play like early in the morning like that it speeds everything up and sometimes like it honestly takes you know your body a little while to wake up so from a player's perspective how are the huddles you're you're down you're down 15 19 then it balloons up to 20 i think it was uh up to 22 uh before the 15 minute uh timeout in the second half um how how would your teams like handle was a blame game going on like how do you like steady the shit no it's not a blame game it's it's, it's honestly in the, in the moments you, you know you're kind of in the foxhole and you, you got to stick together and and, and remain positive and like i think if you're down 20 you know in our in our case you're down 22 it's you know well we got you know before this next tv time we got to get this down to 16 and it's just slowly chipping away slowly chipping away and 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 taking it. it it's it sounds cliche and a lot of people don't don't understand it but like when you're so deep and immersed in like you know in that it really is one possession at a time one game at a time because you have to the, those possessions require so much attention to detail that you can't think you don't have time to think about the you know the next player or even the last play you have to be really in the moment in those things so it's really like a, a get a stop get a good shot get a stop get a good shot and if you do that over a course of time you know you can chip away the lead now you like the one of the hardest things to do in um in basketball that people don't you know always pay attention to is get you know two and three and four consecutive stops because if you know at this level that, that you're playing at you know the, obviously the other people can score and to get two and three and four stops and, and start chaining together spring you know putting those together and then on top of that you're getting good shots that's how you chip away at that lead slowly but surely you know and it's just it's a process and you got to believe but you know it's you know it comes down to you know a few plays here and there that you know you know you're down 12 and if you can finally hit that three to get it down to the single digits you know that's that that might be it right there but if they hit you know but if you miss that three and they come down to hit a three and now you're back down 15 and you're damn near right where you started and that can be deflating as hell so I mean, you just got to keep pushing, keep chipping away, and then hope you got enough time to, to, to finally push over the hump. Charles, I have to ask you to put your coaching head on real quick. Uh, Evans uh, comes down, makes the running layup for VCU to take uh, now take the lead uh, up one now. Um, and do, are you a timeout guy right away, or are you like, nah, let's get it, let's get it out and go, um, and we'll see, we'll see where it goes if we get it to somebody who can get to the hole. I'm talking specifically to where Jordan got it then coming down the right hand side or right side line and then maybe um, he got bumped a little bit. I just wasn't sure. Where do you where do you stand on that? I mean, if you trust your point guard, then then go ahead and, and I'm I'm down to, to play it. If you have if you have something like if you're if you're forward thinking or you have something in mind that you want to run, then then call the timeout to set it up and you know you believe that you guys are gonna run this play and this this is gonna work. But, you know, sometimes, it, like I said, it all depends on, on your on your comfort level with your point guard and with your team. You might, you know, with a, with a younger team, you might um, you might want to call a timeout. But with an older team, you might want to let them play it out. So, I think, I mean, I think that was a good call by Coach Grant. You said and, to I let mean, him yeah. go? You, you preferred him to let him go? Because he didn't – I was surprised they didn't yeah, call Yeah, I'm him. good with letting him go. I'm mm-hmm. good with letting, letting them go because, like I said – that also in that scramble, the defense is scrambling. And like I said, if you trust if you trust the players out there, and we got a lot of upperclassmen out there playing, like if you trust those guys, you know, um, well, not upperclassmen, but guys that have played before, sure, guys that are experienced. Sure. Okay. Um, 
you know, the when you, that and right off that layup, you know, there there's going to be there's a scramble there, and you might be able to get the get the advantage if you got a level-headed guy, you know, a la Scucci or somebody like that. Like you want to like you know, Scoo- that's that's the type of play that Scucci would have made. Hundred percent. Um, you know what I mean? So. Like and and we all I think we can all agree that we that we would trust Scoochie with the ball in that situation to make you know make a good play for us so or, or B Rob in that case, um, but you know other times if you know if you got different people out there you might you might need that you know that time out to to gather the troops because you know it is like it is a very chaotic you know time in the in the game for sure and sometimes you need to uh, you might need to restore a little order to it. I'm trying to remember um, if the situation was similar. With B Rob, the Miami of Ohio game, did they score and then he came down, hit it the three, no timeout? With uh, who, who what was year this was against? that? Against when we were at Miami of Ohio in Millet Hall. The the Miami Miracle. Yeah, uh, I believe that was junior year, my junior year. So that would have been his senior year. Yep. And um, he missed the free throw. I thought. I thought um, Kenny missed the free throw from Miami. Oh, okay. And then we yep. just, no time and then out. we just went down and I, I don't know. I for, I forget that part of it. I just know I I was trailing the play, so I don't even. Like, I just remember <laughs> you just he like shot it because I inbounded. The, yeah, it might have been. We might have either. I got the rebound or I inbounded the ball because I was trailing on that play. I'm trying to and, remember whether we uh, were out of timeouts or not. But that like I was like, oh man, we about to have one of these moments. And then you know I saw my man kind of go into the teeth of Jordan when he went into the teeth of defense. I was like, okay, what are you trying to accomplish here? And then okay, right. so let's fast forward. Now we have it to they're trying to figure out where where's it going to be out and then where's it going to be out of bounds, et cetera. Um, and you have point seven. I think I thought they were going to give us a little bit more time, but I was right. wondering. I don't like lobs from that part of the uh, baseline out of bounds. What were your what were your thoughts on the play and what would you have drawn up? Um, I didn't really have a problem with the lot with the play. Um, you was know, that the first it's look more you about saw? the. Uh, I didn't think it was the first look. That's a, it's probably, but it's probably if it's there, feel free because you got somebody. You know, you got people jumping that can that are that are gonna jump and get it. Because I, I doubt the the main goal of that is not to get the dunk. If anything, it's to get the ball. Make sure we're securing the you know securing the ball. And if you can, you know, if you can dunk it, dunk it. If you can lay it up, lay it up. But whatever you do, do not miss this shot or, or let the ball go over your head or turn it over. Right. So I mean, as long as it's you know it's it all as long as it works out, it's it's a good choice. If, he, if they turn the ball over in that situation, it's a horrible choice. But I mean, that's that's the game right there. It's all 50-50 plays, and you know, it was it, it worked, so it was a good play. I'm hoping. Well, do you think Obi was fouled on the baseline? Like it was a good no call? I, like, yeah, I did. I did. I okay. did. I did. And I mean, you expect the rest to call? Like, so I would ask. Like, so in America, I feel like we're they refs are much more. Uh, they they're more willing to let it play out versus make that type of call like in your playing days in Europe. Yeah, would they? I mean, if they just saw it, would they call it? Nah, right. I mean, usually at home you'll get that call. To be honest with you, but at the same time too, like or you know, refs 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 uh, buttholes get a little tight. You know, towards the end of the game, they don't want to. You know, so <laughs> I, I'd rather have a ref that didn't insert himself into the game than the one that didn't. I mean, that did. Right. So, uh, I mean, it it like I said, it worked out, so it's fine. It's these things are all relative. Like it's all it's all relative to me. So, yeah. it, it, like I said, that worked out. So it worked for me. I got you. So yeah, it's a that was a tough loss. And I think Obi would have. I mean, I think it would have been nice if he if he would have been going to the line or or just to see how things would have 
uh, fared out. But, um, you know, before we uh, skip and uh, move on from the VCU game, uh, love to talk about your toughest loss at home, and, and, and which is awesome. You have no you had no home losses your senior year, so which is an amazing feat. You're one of the few to um, Dayton Flyers ever go through that. So um, if, just for you, where the atmosphere is like that, very electric, um, love to you to talk about your, your home, your hardest home loss, how the locker room uh, react, things of that nature. Um, I just, I'm trying to think of ones we lost that were, oh, I'm, like, well, I think that was freshman year. Uh, Marty Collins hit a, hit a layup on us to win the game. Oh, Temple. Temple at home. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, def- it's, any loss is deflating. Um, Blowout losses are a little easier to deal with just because you kind of come to terms with it as you're getting your ass kicked. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit of surrender. I remember when we were losing to Pitt at Pitt. There was a bit of surrender in there. Like, we, let's not go out like punks, but we ain't winning this game. Um, <laughs> you got, you got there's eight minutes left. You're down 26 or something like that. You're like, all right, like, let's, let's put out a good show, but we're not winning. Um, but, you know, you have moments like that. But I just remember, we, like, we lost the Temple in that last-minute layup and. I mean, Monty was pissed off about it because it was on him. But just anytime, like you lose a game like that, you just start thinking back to all the times and all the games that you can. I mean, all the plays within the game that you could have made. You know, if you made a free throw here, you made a layup here, you got that box out. Um, how the game would have went differently. And I remember, I just remember them being like really tall because I remember um, Marty Collins was like six seven at the point. And they were playing. Cheney was still their coach, so they were playing that matchup zone. And that when they were out there trapping out of that out of that matchup zone, that that was. I, I I turned the ball over three or four times that game because that was the hardest I'd ever been trapped in my life, you know, to that point. So, I mean, losses like that where, you know, you can kind of um, – where you could have played better, obviously, those are the ones that suck, and especially when you lose them at home because those are the – you know, those are games that you're always trying to win and always have a better chance of winning because it's so much – it's so much tougher to win on the road. Yes. Um. So, you know, you, you kind of give them one away there, especially when you're – but when you – it's it's easier to like I said it's easier to get blown out than is to lose those those tough ones because those tough ones are you really thought until the last very moment of this that you were gonna win mm-hmm. and when it's like oh man we didn't win what right like those suck so you know and there have also been times too we won games and we felt like shit after them you know you know it's better to win when uh win ugly than than lose pretty but you know it's been some times where. We won games and and felt like we lost because we played you know played so badly and we just happened to be better than the team we're playing. Yeah, that's how that's how the dice roll sometimes. So, and forwarding that from I think we're man Dayton Twitter it was clearly uh, very interesting on Saturday, but then uh, fast forwarding to Tuesday where you give them the off. Would I'm assuming probably got an off day on Sunday, even though you got to have a two day prep and practice there. You had to forget about it quickly because you were playing at first place Davidson. And the team, I think, responded. This isn't a – I don't want to call this a young team. What I will say is that – or I don't want to call them an inexperienced team because there are guys like some of those guys that would be thrown into the, the fire a lot last year. You know, we have – you return both your starting guards from last year. Um, we're just not deep enough, which I think it where it showed uh, where we had a good game plan in the first half and got the ball inside. I mean, it's just very clear of Josh and Obi – can find a way to play together they're pretty damn good as a four and five down there uh but big lead and then lose it and then um not completely lost but you know you just kind of stayed above water to the end and then they tie game and uh so 
want to talk to you about like what were your thoughts on uh on the Davidson game at the of uh, how do how does a team of this nature how do they handle the ebbs and flows of um, handling you know going up and then now they, it was literally the the op- complete opposite of what they went through on Saturday and how they keep how they can mentally keep it together to um, come out victorious. Um, I mean that that shows the, that shows growth. You know, as much as you know, we're talking about experience and and all that. You know, that shows growth that you know on a, especially on a short week, um, and, and with little little recovery time. They probably all they did on a Sunday, I would bet, is probably just watch film mm-hmm. and maybe did some walkthroughs. But other than that, they probably didn't do too much. But yeah, like I said, but that's also too of in the second half of, of the of the VCU game, you find a little rhythm and that carrying that rhythm over into the game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Like you know, once once you you get in those grooves, and there, there are days, there are times when you can't hit shot, you can't hit a shot for a week, and there's other times where everything feels good for a week. So I mean, it's you know, and you can carry, you can find moments in those games to uh, to kind of ride that momentum out. So I mean, it definitely shows growth and the ability to bounce back and and to go get a road win. You know, it'd be different. You know, it's it's kind of easier to bounce back. Obviously, easier to bounce back at um, at home, but for them to bounce back on on the road and and to bounce back in that fashion was 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 really good to see. Um, definitely shows the growth, like I said, and, and that just lets you know that that they're at least picking up and learning and getting. I don't know if they're getting the leadership from from the senior, from the older, from Josh and the other older guys, or if it's coach himself. But somebody got them refocused and and made sure that they were they they were ready to handle their business on Tuesday night. So I thought it was it was a really good win, obviously, and you know it was a good sign. Yeah, I would say uh, I think. Josh was in complete, very impressive, and I thought a bounce back win of where and I'm hoping that he, my opinion, just from what I see, uh, I don't know if he's lost a little bit of bounce. Maybe he could be some injuries that are going on, and um, as you know, he's just. Uh, but in the beginning of the year, I thought he was definitely top two, top three, uh, A10, A10 player. Uh, potentially was going to um, have an opportunity to be A10 player of the year. Uh, and you know, there's there's still some conference games left, and where I think he can still make first team, um, and going to require him to have some bigger games. Uh, however, um, wanted to ask you about: Have you uh, had been in a situation on the free throw line like Josh, uh, specifically, like where you have to make either one or two to win, or um, or in, in that situation? And then we got to go in and get into how would you defend the last second shot inbounds play? Because I'm I'm still kind of bewildered of why. We were Obi was had his back turned to the ball, and why we why you wouldn't have one of the most athletic people, definitely the most athletic person in the conference. Let's call it what it is, not on the ball. So, I want you to uh, talk about that in terms of uh, some pressure free throws, and then how do how would how would Coach Charles uh, defend uh, last second plays on the end? Well, first and foremost, I don't yeah, I don't really remember too many times i think i think i never had like free throws that were like super late in the game i feel like if i ever had some free throws like that it was at least you know 50 seconds left in the game or so and being as it may i was i was at the time a uh not a good free throw shooter a much better shooter now by the way people uh, are you really though for real for real yeah yeah okay. check my overseas stats i i can i can shoot that thing yeah, once, once i graduated i learned once i learned once i graduated i learned how to shoot really easily free well, i can shoot though? even my senior year even my senior year, i hit some uh I hit some jump shots my senior year, but nah, I shot a I shot a pretty decent percentage overseas. Okay, all right, well, let's find. Anyway, back back to back to the but anyway, my whole thing in college was just trying to get like making sure I got one. I couldn't go over two. <laughs> so like if you 
It, that's my whole thing. Because, you know, <laughs> when you go into the first one, the first one, obviously, is, the first one's a little different. Like, you're shooting the first one, like, expecting to make it. Now, if you miss that first one, now you put yourself in, oh, shit, I can't go over two. I got to get one of these. And, like, that's how I, like that's how you feel about it. But if you hit that first one, then the second one's house money. So like that's how I was, that's how I was always going into the situation. Like if we needed if we if it was me and we needed two free throws, like I you know I'm, I'm gonna try all I'm trying to do is hit that first one and then I feel that first one's gonna try to give me the confidence to hit the second one. So I mean uh, I I got I might not have been the best free throw shooter like the first you know 38 minutes of the game, but those last two I'm usually pretty good. So I mean you know like I said you're just trying to get not definitely not trying to go over two, and I would actually. You're saying you're bewildered with this play. Yes, man. What you- I would have had my back. I understand back to the ball. Charles. That's how I would guard it with my brain. But I'm a smart basketball player, and I would know the person who to try to, who I'm trying to like. He has his back turned because he's looking for somebody. He's waiting for somebody to come off the ball. Like, obviously, like, if, if, I'll give you the example of if I was playing against Dayton when I was in school. Like, B-Rob would have been the person that I'm trying to make sure doesn't get the ball. Sure, so, sure. Like, that's your job. But I don't I, I can't tell you what the you know what what the instruction was, but that's how I would play it or at least have somebody in center field. I'm not with the whole having the person on the ball unless you have somebody that is extremely tall. I feel like if you're wanting you're, you're saying that Obi's the most athletic person in the conference, then I want him. Then that's not the person I want on the ball. Actually, I want him somewhere out in the on the court so he can do something athletic if I need him to. So where you where he was with his back turned to the ball. 85 feet from the basket was probably not the best though no no not at all but if yeah. he's trying but if he's playing center field or whatever and that's but I, like i said i have to know what he was exactly told because he might have been told to just make sure one person didn't catch the ball um they had a baseball pass yeah. right to my man like he got yeah. a really good look with 3.1 to go like and it would have been so I, hard I, I, to totally, explain. I totally understand that it's you know like i said maybe I don't know. I gotta say, like I said, I can't. I can't make. If I don't know what they were trying to do, I can't. I can't try to like sit there and say well, that's what I would do. Because I mean, it all depends on on what you have. If you have somebody extremely tall that needs to be out there, um, and you want to put them on the ball, that's fine. But like, you're not. If I'm on the, if I'm inbounding the ball and a person is in front of me, I'm really not worried about that person in front of me. Because you can ba- you can back up on the baseline as much space as you need to. So as even as high as as high as Obi jumps, I can just throw it as soon as he's coming down. Like it's not that hard. Yeah, but you're not getting a shortstop throw. Like my man, like he put it on the rope. It was like a skinny post. Yeah, I, get, I mean, I, get, I hear you. You know I, what I mean? You know, like I, you know, you Kevin Love, get you a Kevin Love chest pass out. You know, sure. I'm just, I, I get what you're saying, but yeah, okay. You know, it like once again another thing that worked out. So it is what it is. Well, the Obi thing, out, so. the Obi thing didn't work out though. We lost by one. The VCU. That was the first one. But this nope. one did work out. We were very blessed. I, I mean, yes. we got looked out after, in my opinion. So, um, I, I don't – those are – you know, I just want you to talk about, like, the nuance. Like, I want to make sure that, like, people understand, like, the nuances of the game of, like, why – like, what may have he been thinking about or, you know, in terms of – or the defensive. Yeah, they, like I said – they might have been denying and trying not to get a certain person the ball, so that's possible. Mm-hmm. And then also too, like in them high those high pressure situations, you're tired. People people short circuit a lot, um, and you know that has to be taken into into account. Like you know people short circuit a lot, so you can things happen that are inexplicable sometimes. Uh, 
in basketball games that, that sometimes there's I, I, I the best answer for it is I, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. You know, yeah, every okay. time you watch JaVel McGee. So, you know, JaVel McGee makes a play sometimes. <laughs> oh, we can't put Obi and JaVel. I don't know. We can't put Obi I'm just saying, JaVale's though, like, he's, he's been playing basketball his whole life, and he does something, and it's like, well, I don't know. I right. don't have a really good explanation for you. And it was just a bad play. Right. I got you. So, um, Dayton, as we, as we cover and finish that week, obviously, Saturday is a very, very big game for them. I think it would do as close as – close as they can to uh, securing uh, one of the top five spots. So they play SLU or CBS Sports Network at 4 o'clock again. And I understand we got to, as you were talking about, like 4 o'clock is a much different type situation. However, you got to uh, go with what what's available with, with TV. You got to be on TV as much as you can when uh, it comes down to recruits and things of that nature. So uh, with SLU, um, the Archberry Cup, as people talk about it, date and Twitter, um, they're actually having a red out this time. I was trying to think of whether you ever had a red out where actually we're wearing going to be wearing all red at home this upcoming year or uh, this upcoming uh, game. I don't think we ever wore red at home. Okay. How do you think about it? Um, They'll be in I'm their blue. It. I like it. Red out might as well. Just I like the red, red jerseys. I'm not the huge. I'm not the biggest fan of the navy jerseys, but I like the red jerseys. So did you like the black ones? The NIT run ones? I always like the black jerseys. I, I designed the original black jerseys. Here um, you go. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Yeah. What was that? In 09, we had a choice between gray jerseys, blue like blue jerseys, and black jerseys. And because we were trying to get an extra pair of shoes, and we knew <laughs> if we got black jerseys, they would have to send us some black shoes to go with said jerseys. Smart we move. got black jerseys. And so we, that, that was the card we played. Um so yeah, so that was our move. But now I like I like all the jerseys. I think the 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 um the navy jersey should be baby blue. I think if they had that that, that jersey should be a baby blue jersey. I think that would be dope. But Man, we are way me. behind in that. We need a baby blue so bad, so yeah. bad. It's, like it's, that jersey, that navy jersey was powder blue. I'd be I'd be for it. I love the black ones. I think that was an incredible smart move on you getting some extra shoes. So that's our push. That's more uh, more during our future podcast. We'll actually come up with. Uh, what what the powder blues ones should uh, come around? So yeah, as we end this uh, section of the uh, of the pod, the uh, as we cover uh, our beloved Flyers uh, once again, SLU to try to get to eighteen and nine, and also get to double digit wins in the conference. That would take us a uh, ten and four. With then UMass, URI, LaSalle, and Duquesne left uh, road game going to Duquesne. So hopefully, trying to uh, uh, handle our business there to, with LaSalle and URI in the middle there, both at home. Feel like we'll take care of that. I think, I think thirteen and five gets us a double buy for sure. Maybe twelve and six. As I, and then as we sit here once again, by the time uh, people are listening to this, um, we'll be going into the slew game. Does that big? Is that double buy make that big a difference? Like in terms of momentum, like playing obviously playing three games versus having to win four uh, to win a conference championship. I just want you to uh, summarize that for us. Um, I mean, as a person who never got that far in the in the conference tournament, God bless. Uh, yeah, it makes a difference. I mean, yeah. you don't have to. Uh, I mean, think you don't really. That's the only time of the year that you're playing on back to back days. So anytime you can get yourself, you know, less less of having to do that, you know, the better because it's it's weird to go through the entire season of you never really having to do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, never having to do that, and then you know, all of a sudden, like, all right, we play the day you know, 
now we got to turn. We got to we got to go straight back to the hotel and start prepping and start walking through film and I mean watch, watching film and walking through things um, with this taped on floor in this hotel ballroom. Uh, so we can figure this out at 11, you know what I'm saying? 11 at night. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. So they definitely, if you can get, if you can get the double buy, like by all means, like that's, that's push for it and let's try to get it. Cause you know, every day, every day that you can not play is a, is a, is a blessing. Yeah. I've seen it with, you know, some teams, they want that extra, extra game to get an extra win. But I think with this team is maybe less is more, especially with, you're trying to rest, uh, legs with Josh and them. So, That'll be a I'm I think this team can finish thirteen and five in conference. Really, really do. Uh, but uh you know what? Just worry about going one on one and on Saturday. Uh Charles, any uh last uh last thing thoughts uh, for Dayton Twitter? Uh just stay positive. You guys are so up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> it's like chill, chill. Like it's not it's not like it's it's not as bad as you think it is. It's not as good as you think it is either. But it's like it's it's just fine. Like it's in the middle. And like the thing that people don't understand is like as much as those outside, you don't hear that outside stuff. You do hear that outside stuff. And it's kind of like they're not thinking like that. The the, the sky is not falling. And me and the guys on the team are not even closely thinking like that. They're so focused and, and entrenched in what's going on that like I remember times playing where we I honestly didn't know our record. And I didn't even know who we played next. They'd be like, I know we got a game on Wednesday, but who are we playing? Because right. you're so like locked in from moment to moment. So just understand that those guys are in there working their asses off to to give you all you need. So it's not a matter of talent. It's not a matter of want to. It's just, you know, execution and games come down to these little plays here and there. So just, you know, it'll be all right. It'll be fine. So just hold tight. Perfect. Well, that does it with the uh, first part of the of the podcast, the Charles Little podcast with Michael Often. We greatly appreciate you all uh, vibing with us and uh, being a part of, uh, once again, our Dayton portion. Uh, in our next segment, uh, we are going to be diving straight into Charles's thoughts as he is a dunk expert, if you will. Uh, we have to actually count how many dunks you, uh, in terms of that you had in the regular season. I, I don't think I know that number. We'll have to touch on that. With his thoughts on All-Star break, our Anthony Davis uh, situation and Man, another uh, African American uh, general manager got the axe. So, lots to uh, talk about in our next part. Next part of the pod, along with uh, Zion and uh, Charles, is going to talk about spring training because he thinks that he knows baseball from living in Chicago for a couple of years. But uh, thanks, everybody. We greatly appreciate you listening, Charles. Thanks. Great job. Always a pleasure. All right.